0: Welcome back to Aliyah Yami. Today we're going to be finishing a Parashas Pekodeh and Sefer Shmoyz as a whole. This is the seventh Aliyah and it is the topic of the cloud descending. We now hear how Moshe Rabbeinu completes the Chatser, the courtyard of the Mishkan, and he places all the different items that belong in the Chatzer. that's the Kiyar and the Mizbeach, are placed in their correct and requisite places. And at this point in time he now everything is completed. Vayachal Moshe Esamlacha Moshe completes the work. Very beautiful, reminiscent of Vaya <speaking in Hebrew> when Hashem created the creation. At which point we now hear about the elnon the crowd which now descends upon the Mishkan and the Kavoid <speaking in> Hashem, <Hebrew> the honor of God, which fills this Mishkan to the degree that Moshe <speaking in Hebrew> Moshe Rabbeinu is not able to enter the oil, the tent of meeting, because the cloud is there and Hashem is filling it. When the cloud would leave, that's when Moshe Rabenu and B'nai Israel would travel. And if the cloud would not lift, then they would not travel and they would wait until it would go. And the last post in, to- in, in this part of the Torah is The cloud of Hashem is on the Mishkan during the day, and the, the, the fire would be at night on it. In the eyes of all Israel, the house of Israel, in all of their journeys. Very beautiful description. Um, this aliyah of 20 psukim is... Uh, is uh, This alia runs from Perik Mem, Pasuk chavches to Pasuk Lamedges, which is 11 psukim. In total, let's take a look at some basic points to ponder. First point is why is it that it's critical that the Book of Shmois ends with us? So a few interesting points that are worthwhile noting, and that is if you take a look at the introduction of the Ramban of Nachmanides to this Sefer, he points out that the Book of Shmois is the notion of Sefer HaGeula, the 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 Book of Redemption. You may say to yourself, wait a second, isn't redemption over after the first four? Parashas. There's Shmois va'era b'bashalach. That's when they get out and they leave Egypt. So you say, well, maybe redemption is also getting the Torah. So you have Yisra, maybe mishpatim. But what do the last five parshas have to do with redemption? Why is Chometzave Kistisa va'yakel and What do they have to do with the redemption of Israel? And the answer says the Ramban is because they are not fully redeemed until he says, and this is his own language it is not complete, until till they return to their place, until they return to the lofty heights of their four, of their, of their, of their parents. And what is that? What does that mean? He said that they were the forefathers, the patriarchs, the matriarchs, had the divine presence resting upon their personal particular tents. They were the chariot, they were the expression, the vehicle of God in this world. Until Israel as a collective were to reach this, there would not be the full redemption. That is what is happening over here. And that's why perhaps it's so important to end on this note as well. You'll also see that this is also the notion of them being called base Israel, the house of Israel. It should not be lost upon us that they've just created the base, Elohim, the house of God. They are now called the house of Israel. They're now being established as a nation, not just individuals not just tribes. Another question to think about over here is what is the significance of Moshe not being able to enter the cloud over here? So rashi points out well there's actually a little bit of a contradiction in Psokim, because one pasuk says that Moshe benu, when he would come into the oil moed he could come and the other pasuk here says that he can't go into the of uh, meeting so rashi brings a third pasuk which d- helps differentiate and that is kishokhan allah Anon. they mean to say that when the cloud was there he could not enter when the cloud was gone he could enter so it depended but like let's d- dig this a little deeper how does this really work so it's worthwhile noting that there's a very beautiful suggestion given by Rabbi Foreman, who makes the following very interesting and canny observation. He says, if you look at the begadol in general, the structure of the parishes of Trumatitzave, uh, Kisisa, Vayakopukuda, you'll notice that they form a general chiastic structure, which is a reflected butterfly pattern, A, B, C, B, A. So how does that work? On either, either sides, Trumatitzave, and Vayakh and B'Kuday describe the making of the Mishkan and the Big Day Hakodesh. Then the Big Day Kohen. Then at the um, if you move inwards at the beginning of Pasha's KiSisah you have the Mitzvah of Shabbos, and at the beginning of Vayakh, on the other end of KiSisah you have the Mitzvah of Shabbos. In between them you have the Chetah Egel. So essentially the pattern goes Mishkan Shabbos, Ch- then the son of the Egel, Shabbos, Ser Mishkan again. Okay, so it's A B C B A. That's the pattern. But the Reformer also noticed, noticed, noticed that uh, just after Shabbos and just before Shabbos, at the end uh, at the, at the beginning of Pashat Kisit and the beginning of Ayakel is also a word which occur, occurs only two times in all of Shmos. It's the same five letters and it appears in two different permutations. The one is Vayikahel, the nation gathered to sin. They gathered to against Aaron to say, we need a God. That word is used again in the same five letters, just in a different permutation, just before the Shabbos command in VaYakel, which is VaYakhel. That's why the parsha is called VaYakel, and he gathered. So, taking that we'll call mob mentality and bringing them together to do something creative. So, there's obviously this this pattern, but it's more than that. What you see over here is a very beautiful thing. Let's think about the Sanai experience. So, Moshe Rabbeinu was on on the Mahar Sinai. At that point in time, he was not able, he was able to enter into the cloud. Moshe Rabbeinu went up the mountain, and the Apostle very clearly says that Moshe Rabbeinu was able to enter the cloud of a Which means now at the end, when they're able to construct the Mishkan, which is their direction of being able to gain atonement, it seems to be that it is even more a powerful expression of God at the end of the experience, than even at the beginning of the experience. The Mishkan represents a higher exp- expression of the imminence of God than even Har Sinai in the fact that Moshe can't just enter when he wants to. And therefore, the idea would be is that a people who had just committed the greatest sin ever imaginable and yet becomes the resting place of God's presence in an encounter of such intensity that it even dwarfs the experience of Sinai. That means to say that this idea of this of the golden calf being Atoned for. Finally, the Mishkan is given extra credence by the fact that the Mishkan is seen as a more intense expression of Hashem's presence. So much so that Moshe Rabbeinu can't even enter, like he was able to enter on Har Sinai. What a powerful way of understanding the general flow of the Book of Shumas. Finally, one last point: you'll notice at the end of every parsha, there is a little note at the end, usually in most Chumashim, which describes how many psukim there are in that parsha, and then it will say as well. A siman. A siman is a mnemonic, which is a, a, a word which has the same number of, le- uh, the, has the, the, the numeric value of that parsha. And by remembering that word, that mnemonic, you'll be able to remember how many words there are, how many psukim, how many verses there are in that parsha. And that's in all the parshas, except parsha's pakure does not have one. Why is it that parsha's pakure does not have one? So it is interesting that there is a suggestion which is made, which is, I, I heard once from Ara Gladstein a number of years ago. That if you look in the old old kumashim, it used to say bli kol siman, and that is translated as without any siman, without any mnemonic, because he has the interesting thing, bli kol the words without any any, is actually the numeric value of the number of verses of psukim in our parsha, which is ninety two. There are ninety two psukim in per kure. But over time, it was probably a printer's error, in which the printer saw the word Belikol seman, which means without any a, a mnemonic, without any without any sign, and they completely let it out, thinking, well, we don't need to print that there's no sign. We'll just leave out that there's no sign, without realizing that the word blikol itself is the sign. Let's dig a deeper. Isn't it interesting, as we've been discussing, that Pekure is the expression of the greatest amount of obedience over creativity the golden calf representing too much creativity, and the mishkan representing an overexpression of obedience and very precise work. And therefore, isn't it interesting that the monarch, the real mnemonic for Pashas B'kudai is B'likol, without anything, without so much of a sense of self, without so much of a sense of our own ideas, our own sensitivities and artistry. No, this is all dedicated to God. That's a very powerful perspective and a very fitting sign, a sign which could be overlooked. Because of the very nature of the sign itself. With this, we conclude Pashas Bukhore and the Bukhosh Mois. Chazak, Chazak, Veniz Chazak.